Welcome back, everybody, to Tales Never Fails, continuing our Team Needs series. This is your host, Steve Kramer, joined as always by Mr. Parker Hurley. Parks, how you doing? I'm doing good, yeah. If you always listen to our podcast throughout the season, where we go through the weekend and week out games, um, you know, one, I'm from Pittsburgh, but two, I kind of adopted the Seattle Seahawks as like my second team, um, mainly when they drafted Russell Wilson. But um, yeah, they've been my team for a while, so um, we kind of, through this draft series, go straight from the Steelers to the Seahawks, so it's kind of fun to talk about two teams that I've really put under the microscope for like the last five years. Yeah, looking at the Seahawks, uh, right now they have an estimated cap space of almost $53 million, but we can start rolling right into the quarterback position where Paxton Lynch is backing up Russell Wilson. Do they just keep moving forward with that, Parks? Well, it's going to be interesting because Wilson's due an extension and the Seahawks have talked that they're going to enter this offseason without talking extension with him, which is just, it's like a really bold call when it comes down to it. So um, I'm fascinated to see how that plays out because if you watch, you know, um, I guess throughout their season and yet through the playoffs, um, they're more of a team that wants to rely on running the football, controlling the clock and, you know, trying to get their defense right more than they are putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and trying to have him win football games. Um, you know, Russell has been good in the terms of, you know, like third and short, he'll just connect on it, you know, and he'll make the plays that keep the chains moving. Um, he obviously makes the big plays. I think Russell Wilson's, you know, an elite type of quarterback, but the Seahawks, the way that they're trying to move their franchise, um, apparently they don't necessarily value everything that he brings to the table. So it's going to be fascinating to see um, because they obviously don't want to cripple their salary cap they believe that they you know are not going to put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and have him you know win games so they're going to try and you know keep him at a stable salary but on an open market Russell Wilson's just going to get absolutely paid like crazy so um they need you know they signed Paxton Lynch they need a backup you know like I don't I don't care about Paxton Lynch they need a backup at this point so I mean they don't have a quarterback they need to extend Russell Wilson but the fact that they're talking about not extending him is uh really interesting so I'm interested to see how that kind of plays out into the summer. Yeah, it was crazy, like, you know, like watching their playoff game and how they just like were not refusing to, but how they just put the ball, like you're saying, put the ball in your best player's hands and let them make a play. They just like refuse to do that. Right, yeah, that's their philosophy is against it. And that's why, you know, their philosophy sounds like it's against, you know, if Russell's going to get $30 million per year and it's going to be fully guaranteed like Kirk Cousins, you know, um, Russell's going to get more than Kirk Cousins on an open market. If that's what Russell Wilson is looking at, the Seahawks are saying, um, apparently they're saying that they don't know if that's worth it, so it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and like you said, their philosophy is just to pound the ball, and I'm pretty sure they led the NFL in rushing attempts last season. But um, looking at their stable of running backs, you know they have some nice pieces here. Rashad Penny, his rookie year last year, they still have C.J. Procise coming back, Chris Carson, Bo Scarborough. Um, what do you think they're going to do with the running back position, just run, run it back again? For the most part, yeah, um, you know, get Mike Chris. Davis is a UFA. Yeah, I mean, Davis played a little bit for them, but um, I think they want more Rashard Penny. Obviously, um, they drafted him in the first round. Um, Penny's so interesting because um, while it was a high draft pick and he showed up to camp out of shape, and it took him all season to get involved. Um, every time he touched the football, he was freaking electric with it. So um, it's really fascinating. He's always been he can break tackles. That's like that was his thing back in San Diego State. Um, he can absolutely break tackles and he can get into the second level and he can make things happen behind the line of scrimmage to get him into the second level. So I think, yeah, I mean, a part of the, you know, we're taking the ball out of Russ's hands a little bit more. We're putting the ball in our first round running back. You know, it's his second year. He got his feet wet. He showed that he can break off 15 yard runs, you know, 
just like like I said, you know, from six yards behind the backfield can turn it into 15. We saw that out of him. I think he's going to get a lot more touches this season. Um, is it going to cut into Chris Carson? Probably a little bit. Um, you know, Chris Carson has some injury, you know, some durability questions. You probably don't want to get him a full workload. You might want to get those two on the football field together, you know, and do some things out of that. Um, CJ Procise, it just seems like, you know, it's never going to work out for him. You know, he might actually be best moving into the slot for the rest of his career. Um, you know, it's a situation like that. So they could maybe add another running back. Um, but kind of knowing the Seahawks, you know, I know they, they kind of went, um, you know, off the rails with Rashard Penny in the first round, but kind of knowing them, they're just going to draft some athletic freak in the, you know, seventh round, like a guy like Chris Carson, you know, just somebody like that. And, uh, you know, try and hope that that works out, you know, um, or like Alex Collins back in the day, you know, they drafted a dude like, or I think he was like a UDFA or like sixth round pick, you know? So they, they find running backs typically late that can compete for camp jobs and they just get highly athletic players. They really draft, um, athletic players. So whoever just blows up the combine and is projected as like a sixth round pick, um, Seattle will probably add him. Yeah, they trust trust their draft process. And moving on to Russ's pass catchers for the season coming up. Dougie B comes back. Tyler Lockett's back. Jerome Brown. Um, beyond that, do you think they need to add something? I'm looking at their UFAs right now. Just David Moore is the only. Um, he's a restricted free agent, though. Yeah, they should be able to bring more back. And they uh, I think they want to bring more back because – he plays into Russell Wilson, um, you know, play action, bootleg, throwing the ball down the field. David Moore can go up and get it. Um, similarly to Tyler Lockett, um, Tyler Lockett just can create more separation um, throughout, you know, all the parts of his route than a guy like David Moore. But, yeah, you start to think, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, you got your big time, you know, deep threats on the outside. Russell can chuck it deep to Tyler Lockett. He can chuck it deep to David Moore. And then you got Doug Baldwin cooking over the middle. And if you listen to our other podcast throughout the season, you know, my thing on Doug Baldwin was he was extremely hurt in the preseason, got even more hurt in week one, and then was just hurt until like week 14 or so. Um, and finally had a big game in week 14, and I thought he was going to explode on the Cowboys. He, he caught like one good pass and looked pretty good, but like you said, the game plan just completely got away from him. But I think Doug Baldwin, um, with all this time off, is going to come back and just be, you know, um, a top 10 receiver like he was. You know, he had a really disappointing season last year. But I think Lockett taking a ginormous step forward, David Moore taking a step forward, and you want to bring David Moore back. And then Baldwin, you know, I think he's going to take a real big step forward next year. Um, not a huge need at wide receiver, honestly. You know, Amara Darbo, Jerron Brown, you have some depth there. Maybe you do bring in, um, you know, like I kind of said, how the Seahawks, and like you said with their drafting, you know, a guy like David Moore, you know, a seventh-round pick. Um, I think he was a seventh-round pick. Um, just freak athlete. You know, nobody's really heard of him. Um, that's what the Seahawks always do. That's how they find a, a lot of these guys. Um, so I think they're going to try it again, you know, try and bring in another David Moore type. Um, but that's that's the extent of how they'll add to the receiver crew, just like their running backs. Yeah, and then looking at their tight end position, Ed Dixon comes back next year, making a little bit over $4 million. Nick Bennett and Will Disley um, are also coming back. They don't have any pending free agents at tight end. Are you okay with that group, or do they need to add something? I think they need to add to it, and, um, you know, they tried to get Will Disley going um, early into the season, and he actually did for a little bit, and then ended up on the IR, and then, you know, Ed Dixon, he could actually save them about, like, $3.5 million if they let him go, so potentially let him go, I know you said they have cab space, but potentially go and get a tight end, you know, try and upgrade over that spot, um, it's clear that you want to put tight ends on the field, you want to block, you know, you want to run the football, you want to set up some play action, you want to get some tight ends on the football field, um, they tried it with Jimmy Graham, didn't work. Um, you know, like I said, whether it be Will Disley, Ed Dixon, they don't have an answer necessarily. 
um, at this point on their roster. So, um, yeah, if, if anywhere on this offense they need to invest early on, it'll be tight end. Yeah, and then we can round out the offense with the offensive line. Bring them back, uh, Dwayne Brown, Justin Britt, Jermaine Effetti. Um, do they have pending free agents? I know I saw at J.R. Sweezy, DJ Fluker, um, Joey Hunt is a little bit of a depth piece. And Jordan Simmons and George Font at uh, tackle. What do you think they're going to do here? Yeah, they ended up for the at least a little bit putting Font as like uh, like the sixth offensive lineman slash tight end, and he ended up catching a pass last season. So um, might want to bring him back just due to the fact that he could be a swing O lineman, and he's been like he's a former basketball player who was just highly athletic. That this you know like I said, that running back and receiver, the Seahawks just find these highly athletic dudes in these low rounds, and he's one of those guys. So he's kind of like a project player who they've invested a little bit in. Wouldn't be surprised to see him back as depth. Um, because then you pretty much, you know, like you said, um, Afedi's definitely the weak, weak link. But Afedi's going to be back at right tackle. Dwayne Brown took a huge step at left tackle. And Justin Britt solidified at center. You want to bring back DJ Fluker at guard. But um, he missed five starts last season. But I still would not, I would be surprised if they didn't bring him back. So I think he'll be back. And then I think Sweezy, you potentially let him go. Um, you have a guy like Ethan Posick who could play uh, center or guard. But I think you try and, you know, um, uh, that's another position where guard, you could really try and, you know, add there, um, especially because I would prefer to bring back Fluker over uh, Sweezy, but I also know Fluker has, you know, uh, enough injury questions that you want to have some solid depth behind him. So um, guard is definitely the biggest need right there. Yeah, that about does it for the offensive side of the ball for the Seahawks. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Russell Wilson like you talked about, but we can move on to... You know, it's been their calling card for probably almost the last decade now. Um, the We can move on to defense and looking at the defensive line to start Parks. Um, they don't have – they do have Frank Clark and Deion Jordan, Quentin Jefferson, Brandon Jackson, all as uh, UFAs. Do you think they're going to need to bring some of them back or um, just one or two of them? Well, they're going to – uh, I think we talked about they're going to have to franchise tag Frank Clark. They If they let Frank Clark go, it would just be so devastating to their defense. He's really, um, as far as like a pure pass rush, he's the only one that can consistently provide it on their defensive line at this point. So they have to bring Frank Clark back at, at pretty much all costs, and that all costs is the franchise tag, you know. So they're going to bring him back. Um, to go to their interior, it's going to be really interesting because um, – you know, they're devastated a little bit by, you know, they went for Malik McDowell in round two, and he got into, like, a quad rack that ended his career pretty much. So he's not going to be on the, you know, anything moving forward. And you start to look at, okay, so who do you have on your interior defensive line? Jerron Reed, um, big-time run stuffer, took real steps last season, one of the best run defenders in the NFL now. Nazir Jones, big-time run defender, sticks his feet in the ground, you can't move him. Okay, Puna Ford. Just a big-time run defender, pure nose tackle, puts his feet in the ground, you know. So it's like, okay, so we have, like, three of the four interior spots, but all all of them are just, like, kind of run stuffers who don't really get upfield too much, you know, not too big of penetrators. Um, Malik McDowell was this freak athlete who you would love to pair next to, you know, th this type of depth, but um, you don't have that. Rasheem Green is interesting in terms of he's an athlete, too, who can move inside and outside. So on third downs, he could pass rush next to a guy like Jerron Reed or next to a guy like Puna Ford. But um, it's tough to put Puna Ford next to Jerron Reed and get a good pass rush. You know, So that's where the Seahawks are struggling on their interior. 
um, they're going to want to add an interior defensive lineman who can just get upfield. You know, if you're talking about like the Clemson defensive line, like you don't need Dexter Lawrence, you need Christian Wilkins. You know what I'm like? That's how I'm kind of seeing it in that regard. So you need that. Um, and then like on the edge, you just need it in the worst way. Um, Frank Clark has to come back. Because, you know, you're devastated without him. Rasheem Green, like I said, he could play inside and outside. But that's just death in that regard. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you're wondering about, you know, Deion Jordan, Barkevious Mingo. Mingo is kind of more of a Sam than a defensive, you know, end. So um, not only do you need to bring Frank Clark back, but you need to bring Frank Clark back. And then you need to find some edge rushers. So it's really um, on the, in, you know, it's like one, bring Frank Clark back. Two, bring back, you know, bring in um, an interior pass rusher. And then three, bring in another edge rusher who can pass rush. And then four, bring in another depth edge rusher. So they they have, like I said, three good, cheap, low-cost pieces on their interior defensive line. And then they got to start finding some pieces. Yeah, and Jerron Reed's actually in the last year of his deal. He's making only $1.5 million this year. So they're definitely going to enjoy getting, you know, dollar-for-dollar dollar production out of him. But we can move on to the position core behind them with your boy Bobby Wagner. Um, you want to talk about him for a little bit? The best linebacker in the NFL ahead of Luke Keekley. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Bobby Wagner's the man, and he'll be back. And he, you know, he helps. You know, when you have – there's not much talent on this defense right now, but Frank Clark, you could start to say, last season was elite by Frank Clark. Bobby Wagner is elite. You know, so, like, there's elite players at, you know, some of these levels here. Um, so you, you're starting to build something in terms of that. Uh, their big issue was they lost KJ Wright for the majority of the season. He was injured last season for the most part, and they didn't really have anybody who could kind of slot in in that will spot beside him. Um, you know, a guy like Shaqam Griffin was in there a lot. Uh, Michael Kendricks, um, you know, was dealing with his legal issues and was playing, you know, snaps for them as well. So um, whether they bring back KJ Wright, who, you know, he's 30, he plays so perfectly off of Bobby Wagner. Um, I, I would love to see KJ Wright back on the Seahawks. You know, I would just like to see Wagner and Wright kind of just like run this thing out together, you know, type of situation. But at the end of the day, he has his injury questions and they have to find whether it be a replacement or an upgrade, they have to find something at the will spot. Um, like you said, Barkevious Mingo didn't really bring enough to keep his Sam spot. So you're looking and you're saying Shaqam Griffin could play the will if they really needed him to. I think he's best off his depth in special teams. And I think we kind of learned that in his rookie season. So um, I think you need a Will and a Sam in this uh, in this defense to put next to Bobby Wagner. Um, and I don't think signing K.J. Wright really, you know, um, takes away from the fact that they have to hit it in the draft as well. So like you said, they have some cap space. Maybe they add a guy. Um, maybe they re-sign K.J. Wright. And then maybe they also hit it in the draft. But they need some linebacker depth behind uh, Bobby Wagner. Yeah, those first two levels like you were talking about, they're going to need to reload there a little bit. And then rounding out the Seahawks with their secondary – um, Cam Chancellor, I mean, career probably over. Um, that'll actually free up some money for them. Well, it looks like some of it's guaranteed, but if they do post you and they could free up some money. They do have Shaquille Griffin in the secondary as well and a decision to make on Earl Thomas, which I imagine they're just going to let him walk. Yeah, I don't think Earl Thomas even wants to come back, so there's that for them. But um, looking at their cornerbacks, you know, like you said, Shaquille Griffin will play on the left side. And most likely, Trey Flowers will play on the right. Um, really, you know, Shaquille Griffin had a really strong rookie season and took a bit of a step back in his second season. And then Trey Flowers had a really strong rookie season um, just last season. So it'll be interesting to see how one Trey Flowers goes in his second season. But also, if Griffin can bounce back, I think for the most part, that's what you're, you know, because 
you really have to go pay and get an edge rusher and you have to go pay and get some linebacker help. You know, you got to go put a lot of assets into this. I think for the most part, um, those will be your two starting uh, cornerbacks on the outside. And then they, they need some help in the slot. You know, Justin Coleman's a free agent and played most of his time in the slot for them. Uh, I think they're going to have to go and get somebody, you know, to potentially upgrade over that. So that's where I think, once again, you're going to come back with Trey Flowers and Chad Griffin on the outsides. You potentially upgrade in the slot. And then in safeties, I think they're fine. I know a lot of people think they need a safety. I was a big fan of Tedrick Thompson coming out. I was actually a fan of Tedrick and Delano Hill coming out of the draft. So, I mean... Tedrick is the free. I know there was some, you know, rocky grounds. He was replacing Earl Thomas, and, you know, it was like week two he got thrown into the fire. Um, I think he showed enough ups with some of those downs that, for the most part, you come back with Tedrick Thompson as your free safety. Um, Bradley McDougal will be the strong safety, um, and he'll be back for one or two more years. And then Delano Hill has kind of made a name for himself being able to defend tight ends. So that actually helps in terms of, okay, we, we can't have three linebackers on the field because we don't have any. We're going to put three safeties on the field. You know, um, like I said, Delano and Tedrick, it's a little bit of hoping for um, progression next season. So you could add a little bit of depth here. You're not completely sold on either of them, but I like both of them, you know, Tedrick and Delano to the point where um, I think you have three solid safeties who can get on the field next season. And um, yeah, you need slot cornerback, but then you need a lot up front in terms of your front seven if you're the Seahawks and your defense right now. Yeah, so they're looking like they're going to have to invest some money and draft capital into the defense here, Parks. So that about does it for our t- number 21 team, the Seattle Seahawks. Next is 22nd is the Baltimore Ravens. We'll catch you guys next time.